Welcome to Actual Advisor Value, the behind-the-scenes look at how fiduciary financial advisors enrich baby boomers' lives. I'm Taylor DeMars, a third-generation financial advisor and CFP professional, making a positive impact on hundreds of retirees. Join me to hear short, specific stories of the value I deliver and decide, is hiring a financial advisor right for you? Today, I had the opportunity to uh, work with a client who was, well, needing a lot of cash and a little bit of amount of time. And I had to figure out how to get it to him in the most tax-efficient way possible, right? Because the last thing we want is to have to worry about needing money immediately and get an Uncle Sam a big piece of that dough. So I, I, I kind of like these situations because it allows me to have a little bit of latitude and creativity when I think of how to come up with the money, right? in respect to their investments that we manage for them. Um, this client, I'll call him John Doe, uh, he has several accounts with us and several different types of accounts, right? And each of them is taxed differently. Three accounts in particular I'll reference, and uh, not entirely uncommon among many retirees, but his primary account that he had was an IRA, right? Individual Retirement Account, and that's a pre-tax account meaning that all the money that had been, been put into it, likely over the time of his working days and, and putting in money into his 401k, now converted to an IRA, all that money in there is not taxed yet, right? And so that means every dollar that comes out is taxed at income tax brackets, which are the highest tax brackets that we normally deal with. And the next type of account that he had was what we call a non-qualified account, and generally, that just means it doesn't have retirement-qualified tax benefits, right? Like an IRA. Um, so he has this non-qualified account, and that is the type of account where the taxation of the dollars that come out of the account is not as cut and clear, right? Because you have to determine, okay, is there a gain or is there a loss in, in this position or these amounts that I'm going to take out of here? And if so, how much is the gain, how much is the loss, right? Am I going to try and find a way that um, has a net gain or a net loss if there's an opportunity to try and do what many people call tax loss harvesting, right? Maybe we'll get into that in a, another episode. But that was the second type of account he had, right? And though that, as I referenced, that's, that's taxed differently than the IRA, that capital gains rates. It's a whole different sleeve of tax brackets that we have to navigate and, and deter determine what makes sense for the client. Okay, and then he had a third type of account, which is a Roth IRA, right? So also a, a retirement uh, account comes with tax um, benefits, meaning the money that goes in there in that account uh, has been taxed, grows tax-free, and is withdrawn tax-free, right? As long as you um, aren't taking out before age 59 and a half, et cetera, and which he, of course, qualified. So the easy, the low-hanging fruit would have likely been to say, oh, Man, we need, in this case, he needed $55,000, right? His car went out kaput, and he needed money fast. He was going to buy a $55,000 car. Great. Um, so the Roth IRA would have been the most enticing option, right? To say, hey, <laughs> it's tax-free, right? Why wouldn't I take my money out? And I don't have to worry about any amount that I have to pay taxes for. And I'm not going to disagree with that assumption, but looking at the long-term view, right? This client is relatively young, right? For his retiree years. He's in his mid to early 60s. And 
The Roth IRA is the golden goose, right, of all your retirement and income sources. It's the only area for most people, many people, that comes with no tax implications on withdrawals going forward. So with many, most of our clients, we see that as their, you know, their Hail Mary. That's in it for the long haul. That Roth IRA is there as the backup to the backups because we know when we have to need money in a real pinch, um, that that's the account that we can rely on that doesn't come with any, uh, you know, hangups, taxes in this case, or liquidity restrictions, of course. So we leave that account to the side and say, well, let's leave that account and let's, let's look at our other options. The IRA is the opposite end. Every dollar that comes out is taxed at income uh, tax brackets and, and arguably the highest rates, right? Um, depending on where your other sources of income are from. So I turned to his third account, uh, the second one I referenced, which is the non-qualified account, right? And that one had plenty of gains in the account. Most of it was entirely gains, which is a good problem to have, right? When you're looking at your account, you say, how do I get money out as to most tax efficient as possible? Well, everything's in the green here, <laughs> right? I've, I've made too much money. Um, I can't get money out of here without paying taxes. And, you know, no one loves paying taxes, but let's, let's be honest. You're only paying taxes because, well, you made money. So in, in his case, and sometimes it's healthy, right, to, to, to sell off assets, even if they are at a gain. And I'll get to what I did specifically to emphasize that point. So I turned to this account and I said, look, uh, I think the best case, uh, best account to pull from is this non-qualified account because uh, although we have gains and we're for sure going to pay some taxes on them, uh, they're subject to a different sleeve of income, uh, excuse me, a different sleeve of tax rates than what the IRA would be subject to or a pension or social security income, for example. Uh, those tax rates are start at 0%. Then they go to 15 and then up to 20%. Very few people, everyday people like you and me, uh, pay at 20% capital gains rates. Most are at 0% or 15%, right? And, and in his case, uh, I saw him paying mostly 0% capital gains tax uh, rates for, for, for those gains. Heck, I'll take 0% every day, right? And then a, a portion of that would bleed up over into 15% of being subject to taxes. But I still felt that was more advantageous because otherwise, if we filled up his income, he would have bled up into the income tax brackets rates um, into the 22% tax bracket. Easy math, right? Would I rather pay 15% or 22% taxes? Uh, I'm going to do 15. So that's, and not to mention, 15 was the highest. Not the, the rest of the income, rest of the gains would be taxed at 0%. I know I'm oversimplifying here. But what I want to illustrate is the, the value of an advisor is being able to think of all these different moving parts. I like to think of myself as looking at a wall of levers, right? Up and down, left and right, and, and being able to kind of make this recipe for the, the, the need in the situation, right? And in this case, this client needed a one-time large lump sum uh, withdrawal from his account. Simple enough. Let's, let's take it out of the non-qualified account where we would be shielded from the, the most amount of taxes uh, that makes sense for this situation, right? Eschewing the Roth IRA, leaving that golden goose to continue to produce for the long haul, and leaving the IRA to kind of be our bedrock of our income right now, right? We're, taking, we're drawing down the account, making it smaller before he's subject to the requirement of distributions, which now start as age 73 as of uh, the beginning of 2023 due to the Secure 2.0 Act by Congress. Um, 
And I'd like to touch on one other point that I felt was useful for his particular case is I didn't obviously blindly pick a position or a stock within his uh, non-qualified account to pull the, the gains out of, right? Uh, that's a whole other set of levers, a wall of levers to choose from. And in this case, uh, he had a variety of, he had bonds, he had stocks, he had aggressive stocks, he had not so aggressive stocks. And in, in this case, in today's environment, right, I'm speaking as of uh, April 2023, we've had a roller coaster in the in the stock market. Unless you've been living under a rock, right, for the past few years, we've we've seen all sorts of roller coaster of uh, momentum up and down recently in the stock market. And last year, uh, well, I should re rewind to 2020 and 2021. It's a lot of growth stocks do very well, right? These are your more aggressive, generally more tech oriented companies. And they did very well. You couldn't lose, right, anywhere you were. But especially these growth companies um, did very well. Well, guess what? What goes up must come down. And 2022 was, you know, the embodiment of that for these growth stocks. And they fell hard. Um, and so this client had a significant portion of growth stocks in there that did very well, right, through 2020 and 2021. And then also rode the same wave back down. Now, we make changes obviously, periodically with our clients' investments. Um, so it was intentional to see some of that more aggressive side sit in there while he um, saw the rest of his positions in there perform as we wanted, right? Maintaining capital preservation and, and uh, steady dividends. So looking at his scenario today, he, it, it's, it seemed obvious that between um, that momentum as well as what had happened as of so far this year, quarter one, 2023, was very good for growth stocks, right? Um, if you asked me in Christmas time, I would not have, you know, honestly, I would not have guessed that growth stocks would have rebounded so sharply as they have, but they have, and that's good for him. It's just at this point, I am not optimistic. Again, investments are a matter of opinion. Taxes are a matter of fact. In my opinion, in our office, our office, our, our team's opinion is that, uh, growth stocks are not going to continue to see that, um, optimism and, and growth for the rest of the year. I, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But there are dark clouds ahead that, that suggest otherwise. So I found it fit uh, to pull back a little bit of those gains that he's really uh, harvested out of some, of some of those more aggressive growth stocks. And so those are the ones I sold out of, right? Despite the roller coaster for the past few years, he still had a net gain on them. And it was enough so that he would pay a maximum of 15% on a portion of those gains uh, while still getting the full benefit of the, the $55,000 that he needed. So I, I enjoy that perspective. Maybe I'm unique. Maybe I'm just nerdy and just, you know, us advisors likes these kind of problems and making these kind of uh, navigating these decisions. But um, that's the value that I felt I was able to provide John in this scenario. You know, all John wants is 55 grand, right? He just wants to get the money ASAP and to, to pay for this car that he didn't anticipate needing this weekend. And my job is to say what are the short-term, long-term implications of getting the money out, especially as we consider taxes along the way. So um, something to consider as you think about, you know, how, how am I going to take care of my one-time lump sum uh, withdrawals from my investments, as well as those ongoing systematic withdrawals, as we call them, that come out maybe on a monthly or quarterly regular basis. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and shouldn't be relied upon for making financial, legal, tax, or investment decisions. We encourage you to obtain a second opinion and consult a professional.